Our guest today is a fascinating woman. She's one of three female master engravers in the U.S. today. One of her most recent projects was a set of dueling pistols for the recently released John Wick 4 movie. She does amazing work on firearms, knives, and other things, and you'll get to hear all about how she does it today on Manufacturing Talks. Welcome to Manufacturing Talks with Jim Vinosky. Industry has a million cool stories, and Jim talks to the movers and shakers who are making them happen. Let's dive in. E-Y-S Media, your digital media relations agency. Public relations, website design, digital marketing. You get found by the customers and talent who need your solutions. You get media placements in top publications, the best job candidates coming to your website, a digital presence that gets you found by the right people. Call 616-298-8798 to get started today. Welcome to Manufacturing Talks. I'm Jim Vinosky, your host, and thanks to our sponsor, DYS Media. I'm pleased to be uh, joined today by Melissa McMinn. She is master engraver at her own studios, Melissa M. Studios. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks, Jim. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're here, too. You got uh, some really cool stuff going on. I'm going to start it off by pointing out that your work was just featured on some dueling pistols in the John Wick 4 movie, correct? Yes, true. That was very exciting. I bet that was. We'll talk <laughs> about that in more detail um, down the road here. But first of all, just tell us a little, a little bit about yourself. So I, um, I'm a master engraver. I primarily work on um, steel, um, whether that's knives, uh, firearms, some other things. I've done bicycle parts and uh, jewelry, a lot of different things. My background was completely different than this. I was in the biotechnology field before becoming a full-time artist, but life has taken me the the path of the self-employed artist, and here I am. Very cool. So, uh, you know, you just told me something I didn't know, and that is the bicycle parts thing. So I'm a huge oh, yeah. bicyclist. Yeah. Ah, there you we'll go. Definitely yeah, I, have to, we'll have hey, to talk about that a little more. Anything metal, you got to customize it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> um, we'll have some overlay of your work here as we talk um, so people get a chance to see what you do. It's really amazing stuff. Right. And so you mentioned the whole biology, biochemistry world. I saw that on your on your profile. And I saw that you also sold Harleys. So a yes. couple of very different things in your background there. And then yeah. you wind up as an engraver. So why don't you walk us through that path <laughs> and how you got to where you are? Yeah, my life's kind of bobbed and weaved. Um, so I went to college for the sciences and then moved to Southern California. I was actually um, really into pinstriping. Um, you can probably see a couple paintings behind me oh, yeah. of pinstripes, but I, I worked on hot rods and motorcycles, worked for Harley Davidson for a while, and then uh, ended up shifting from that into the real job, I say in air quotes, with uh, getting into the corporate world with my my biochem degree and working in sales and consulting within that field and always did the artwork on the side. Um, I was into still the painting, got into leather work for a little bit, did carving and tooling on leather work, had the the grand vision of doing a saddle one day. Um, and then that kind of shifted me towards engraving. I'd always been around um, firearms and got 
the carving into leather dialed in. I was like, oh, well, carving in steel might be kind of fun. And I have mm -hmm. these firearms around, so let's let's try that. So, <laughs> and when I when I started learning that, um, it really stuck. It was like the medium that really spoke to me out of all the different artistic mediums I've tried. And I was fortunate enough to meet John Baraclow, who is a, a FIGA master engraver that lived within the LA area. And so he kind of became my direct mentor. And I get to see him a couple times a week, sometimes a couple times a month. But um, he got me honed in, kind of helped that self-study come to the next notch. There's there's walls you hit during self-study with something like engraving that you really need a mentor to guide you in and teach you some ins and outs or pro tips and uh and then keep studying putting in the time yourself yep. and then i also took a lot of classes from uh grs tools in emporia kansas who also manufactures engraving excuse me engraving tools and they offer courses with several us-based master engravers as well so i'm guessing that a lot of my audience like me um you know th they can kind of envision the very basics about what it is you do, but um, tell us more about the process. And, and you've mentioned, in fact, I introduced you as master engraver, you know, what does that mean? And, and um, you know, how does all this come together to deliver sure. that amazing work that you do? So um, master engraver process in the US, it's not like in Europe where you go through an apprenticeship journeyman master. Um, it's a peer reviewed process within the um, FIGA guild, which is Firearms Engravers Guild of America. So there's, I believe, 12 different things you have to accomplish when you're being peer reviewed by the other masters. Um, some of it's gold inlays, some of it's uh, scroll work, cutting, lettering, just different principles within engraving that a professional engraver will end up having to execute and execute mm -hmm. well in their career. And you're judged and graded. And I, I believe you have to have a 90 or above to pass that course. And Fingers crossed uh, for me. I <laughs> I put in a lot of time creating my pieces when I submitted them and was sweating bullets. But luck luckily, I passed the first time around because it, it is Very quite nice. a, a demanding process. Yep. And well, actually, and, this piece behind me was one of my master's projects. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, and, and so, you know, you mentioned how big a deal it is in general. But then, too, you are one of three women in the U.S. who hold that master engraver rank, right? Yeah. And the youngest of the, of the, three? I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, really cool. One of, one of the, well, the first female master engraver, I believe, and I might be mixing this up. There's Rachel Wells and Diane Scalise. Um, Rachel actually also helped form the guild, which is pretty oh, special. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to be among the ranks of those two ladies. Yeah, and everyone else, you know, not to take yes, it away from absolutely. anyone, but obviously, like manufacturing, <laughs> historically, it's been male-dominated and always good to see um, that reach broadening. Absolutely. Um, and, and so we talked up front about the dueling pistols on the movie. So, you know, you've established yourself, you're doing engraving, focused on firearms. How is it then that this opportunity in um, the movie-making world came about? Yeah, that was that was so much fun. So um, I guess it was during pre-production. I don't know a ton about the movie industry, but um, they were looking at what piece to use for that scene and ended up contacting me to design the artwork and also execute the engraving, mm -hmm. which 
with the movie industry, it's it's funny. It's like, hey, we need it yesterday and it needs to be great and we might need <laughs> it in duplicate. <laughs> so <laughs> the way my world works, I'm usually booked out at least a year in advance, but I'm such a fan of the franchise. I was like, okay, here we go. Buckle down. It's going to be 80 hour work weeks for the, the next six months and let's wow. get it done. Yep. But uh, that was really cool to be asked to do something for a film that I've also been a really big fan of. So I couldn't say no. Well, and it, it um, you know, I think brings attention to an area where obviously firearms enthusiasts are very familiar with what you do, but, you know, the broader public, yeah. probably not, right? Yeah, the chance to bring hand engraving to a wider audience was really special. Excellent. And so we mentioned up front, you have your own studio now, um, uh -huh. Lisa M Studio. So how did that happen and how's that going for you? It's going really well. I'm on year six now of doing this completely full time. Um, I've got a, a backlog of about 16 months, so I'm kind of picking and choosing which projects to book after that. So I've been really fortunate to have a good clientele that appreciates and knows the process of, of hand engraving, which I know you asked that I'll get into what that process is, yeah. but it's very time consuming. Um, and it's quite expensive because of the time and the um, sometimes materials involved. If there's special precious metal inlays or things like that, different finishes and techniques. So I'm really fortunate to have, found the clientele that allows me to keep practicing this art and to do it at the the levels that we're doing it at. Mm -hmm. And you said you're focused on firearms. There's also knives. What other kinds of engraving work do you do? I do a little bit of jewelry work here and there. Um, I'm also getting into intaglio printing, which is um, fine prints, fine art prints that are actually printed from a engraved copper plate. Um, so mm -hmm. I'll have a few more of those releasing this year of the, the latest ones I did was the John Wick dueling pistols. So mm -hmm. it actually looks like a dueling pistol. The next ones are actually going to be the artwork that was applied to the pistols. So a little bit less gun centric and, um, a little more focused on the artwork itself. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is a little different topic than what I usually take on because usually I'm talking to manufacturers and this really just caught my eye because I'm a big fan of artists as well. But you kind of reside in between manufacturers, right? You mentioned yes. the, the company that makes the tools you use. So yes. obviously there's got to be some very specialized tools that uh, go into metal engraving. Very much. Um, this one behind me here is one of my favorites. It's a ball vice that rotates and articulates so I can spin and get the scroll work done. Um, obviously the microscope's a helpful tool um, for not only vision, but for ergonomics to sit upright and not be bent over 10 hours a day at the bench. And then there's um, the hand pieces that actually do the carving. So I do use hammer and chisel once in a while, but the pneumatic tools that uh, GRS and Steve Lindsay makes have made a hand engraver's job a lot more efficient and ergonomic. So most people use those quite a bit. Is there much automation? And I guess tied to that, is there a risk of automation coming and stealing your work away? Um, I think there's always going to be a niche for solely hand engraved work. Mm -hmm. If you've ever handled a hand engraved piece versus a laser engraved piece, um, the comment that was just made to me last week by a client that saw this gun, the levy breaks gun, um, was that there's no soul in a laser engraved mm -hmm. piece like there is a hand engraved piece. And 
the right photos can capture part of that, but until you see this kind of work in person, it's a little difficult to understand just viewing it on the internet. So I think that collector's base that has seen it, appreciates it, and knows what goes into it will always exist. Um, the laser engraving, I think, also has an, an awesome place in our world that we can start customizing things in a fairly quick and effective manner mm -hmm. that everyone can have something kind of special fairly easily. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, you mentioned bicycling, which is where, <laughs> what I do with a lot of a lot of my spare time. Um, but it also goes for for firearms, and that is, I'm thinking, uh, I'm putting on mecha my mechanical engineer hat here. That's what my degree is in. Um, okay. You're removing metal as part of the engraving, and you're yes. working on things where obviously the strength of the um, metal is important. How do you yes. balance that kind of structural issue with your the art that you're doing on the piece itself. It's actually shocking. Um, deep relief engraving, you can go about a half a millimeter down and get this beautiful contrast that when you stipple, it appears black to the eye. It doesn't reflect light. Mm -hmm. So you're not actually removing a ton of metal when you're engraving. There's certain engraving, like sculpted engraving, where you are moving a lot, moving it around, but it's, mm -hmm. it's really not changing anything structurally. Um, there is specialty stuff like gun engravers. Um, there's, you know, we like to think that we're more specialized than everybody else when we <laughs> know where the firearms parts are, and what's hidden behind certain right. things. But um, right. you can get into some shallow stuff there every once in a while um, that you kind of just have to keep an eye on. But usually the manufacturers work with us pretty well with schematics and kind of tell us where those spots are if there is anything to look out for. And then, so with those manufacturers, how do you get tied in with them? How do they find out about you? And how do they identify um, what pieces of theirs might be more valuable with that engraving work? Yeah, so um, it's it's gone both ways. I've reached out to manufacturers. They've reached out directly to me. And then I've also had clients that wanted my work specifically, um, mm -hmm. but they wanted a certain gun. So we had to connect with the manufacturer and see if, if they were willing to do it. Um, it becomes a little difficult with firearms because a lot of them are made overseas, a lot of the higher end ones. Yep. Um, so there's a few manufacturers here in the States like Kohler, Griffith and Howell that do manufacture it in the U.S. So there's no import or export issues, which makes people like me's life a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about, have you ever thought of doing your own like add-on pieces for let's say the AR-15 line where you're attaching all these different pieces having engraved um, I've thought about it. I haven't, I've been so busy with kind of the, the higher end sporting arms and fine knives. I haven't ventured into the tactical world a lot. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm a big fan of the 1911 platform. So uh, <laughs> I've got a couple of Yeah. I love them. I just love yep. them so much. <laughs> My favorite gun to shoot, but um, I've got a couple of gunsmiths that are really well known. Um, I just did a gun with Ted Yost last year that came out beautiful and it's it's pretty well known in my portfolio um but i like working on stuff like that rather than the i call them gucci guns the the tactical kind of yeah. ars that are all all tricked out they just haven't haven't spoken to me yet <laughs> understand yep um you mentioned individuals who seek you out have you done just work um aftermarket on individuals um, oh absolutely or, yeah okay, that's yeah. that's probably the majority of my business oh okay yeah, or maybe 60-40 there, manufacturers versus individuals, but um, it just takes a little bit of education, like anything, educating the client about 
you know, if it's a Cerakoted Taurus, it's probably not a candidate mm. for, you know, $10,000 worth of hand engraving. Yep. So the high-end 1911s, on the other hand, perfect candidates, stainless or strip the bluing. It's all a process. So you being focused on manufacturing, I, I work with a lot of different people like the finishers. Um, mm -hmm. If I strip the bluing, it's got to go back to somebody like Turnbull Restoration to get yeah. either re-blued, color cased, or whatever the finish is, and then back to me for anything else that needs detailed. So it definitely is a logistical uh, <laughs> kind of problem with, with this sort of thing, or not problem, but there's logistics and other manufacturers and collaborators involved to create something that, that is embellished like this. Yeah. That's interesting for people who aren't aware of the firearms world. Bluing is a coating on the steel that's yep. anti-corrosive. And so, yeah, if you're engraving, you're breaking through that Absolutely. coating. And if you just leave it the way it is, it'll rust. So yes. Um, yeah. Back it goes yeah. to the yes <laughs> yeah, finishers. Makes sense. Um, yep. And then, when it comes to the different manufacturers you work with, it, are there further further opportunities where you can um, make more ties with other manufacturers or, or is your plate full right now? Where, where do you stand business-wise? I'm always open to collaborations with companies that are interested in really taking something to the next level. Um, mm -hmm. My mind, unless someone boxes it in, I go straight for the moon as far as, oh, well, let's do this and that. And so if uh, if people want to do something super high end and you've never seen it before and you want to test test the limits of different finishes and selective finishes of that nature, I love that sort of thing. So I'm I'm always open to stuff like that. And then the the art itself, where do you get the ideas? Is that stuff that comes from your customer, or is it something that you come up with? Is it a mix? How does that it's work? It's a mix of both. Yeah. Um, I did a gun last year for a gentleman. Um, it had six of the North, well, all six North American quails on it, but it was done in a very Art Nouveau way in kind of a stacked dime with Art Nouveau golden laid frames. That one was just totally out of my head. Um, and they mm -hmm. just kind of let me loose on it. And the one I'm doing now is actually an idea of the clients that um, it's landscapes that they're fond of. So that one was influenced by what they wanted and then kind of reinterpreted by my artistic style. Yep. Yeah. And so then the other thing, obviously, engraving is removing metal to make that artistic pattern. But you yes. also mentioned inlays. So tell us more yeah. about that. Yeah, so inlays, it, everything's mechanical. I'm not welding anything. It's all a mechanical hold. So what I'm doing is I'm creating a channel like for a wire inlay. The channel under the metal looks something like that, a channel cut dovetailed, and then the gold's actually hammered into it. Um, mm -hmm. Being that steel's so much harder than gold, the gold just goes right in. You polish it flush and then you've got your inlay. So I like to uh, specialize in multicolor inlays. A lot of engravers don't like doing them. They're, they're a pain. <laughs> um, you get the hard, the harder inlays of gold. I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll inlay the, <laughs> the tough stuff, but um, I just like the way it looks when the products finish something really colorful and different that if you're looking at a gun rack full of 20 guns, you're probably going to see that this one's a little bit different, even if you're right. not familiar with engraving. Yeah. And then you mentioned knives is another big area for you. So like what yeah. part of your business would that be? Um, it's a little bit smaller lately. I've taken a few in this year. I've got a Randall knife coming up in the next month and then a, um, a Osborne knife for a client. 
So some of them are the high-end art knives that probably, you know, reside most of their life in a case. They're just absolutely mm. stunning, beautiful, the finishes and the the craftsmanship behind those. So it's really special to be able to work on on those pieces too. Right. A lot of a lot of knife makers um forge their own steel and you know do the whole manufacturing process mm -hmm. themselves, so to speak. And then I just come in and, and embellish or bedazzle as I say sometimes. Yep. yep. <laughs> now I'm not part of that business. I've talked to a few a few knife makers as part of my work, but that from an outsider looking in seems like it's a pretty fast growing area. Absolutely. Yeah. There's and a lot of people here based in the States getting into it, which is really exciting. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see those coming up and people, you know, taking kind of small business craftsmanship to the next level. Yeah, definitely. So then beyond those um, pieces, what are some other, uh, I guess, different things that you would focus on as opportunities for your for your work? Uh, well, like I say, the the printmaking is something I'm really getting into heavy. Um, it's it's really an honor to be able to create these heirlooms that are really special to the clients. Mm -hmm. um, it's also limited to that client when I put so much time and energy into one piece. So the printmaking is a little bit more um, production. So mm -hmm. I can do that in studio myself with my own two hands, but it can get the artwork and the art of engraving out to a lot more people than just right. the one person that owns the gun. So I'm focusing on that moving forward and keeping kind of the same business with firearms, knives, jewelry, that sort of thing. Yeah. And other, other just random things that come in, which there's always, I've done restorations on old clock ship uh, clocks for ships, um, oh, no. different uh -huh. types of museum restorations, coats of armor, you know, different, different things like that, that, um, historically have significance and need right. uh, a skilled professional to work on them. So I've done quite a bit of that as well. Are there any wild cards out there, things you've thought about that would be really cool to engrave on that you haven't gotten a chance to do yet? I've thought about spear guns. Um, oh Yeah. I've seen some engraved fishing rods, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen a spear gun yet. And living in Florida, I'm like, hmm, that'd be, that would be pretty cool to see right. something really, really highly embellished like that. So now, it's we'll funny you mentioned the bicycle thing because I just saw an engraved crank set yesterday or the day before. Oh, neat. Seen, hadn't seen that in years. It used to yeah. be a big thing, you know, probably like 20, 30 years ago, you'd see it. Um, yeah. And it kind of went away. Have you had much opportunity to? I've done quite a few crank sets. Um, I did quite a few of those early on when I started. Um, I wasn't set up to do firearms then, so I was doing a lot more non-firearms items. Mm -hmm. haven't done any in a while. Um, I just had another gentleman that does fine hardware for boxes. So the presentation box that Steve Parker made for the John Wick guns, mm -hmm. um, the gentleman that produces the hardware for those is interested in getting some engraved Um kind of in the old style, the old Victorian style that you used to see more of. And now it's kind of kind of gone by the wayside. So yeah. bringing back some of those old, old school embellished items will be a fun process in the future. Interesting. So how's business? Very good. Yeah. 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 I, I was just talking to another engraver about the business side of things. So um, we have to wear a lot of hats being self-employed artists. Mm -hmm. So yeah. a lot of us want to hide in our, our, caves and do our engraving and do our <laughs> art but we got to get out there sometimes and network and uh you know 
display our wares and uh, social media and that whole thing, you know, uh, that's become the way of the world for the small business owner. So a lot of hats to wear there. And as long as you kind of maintain a balance of you're still producing your work and doing your work and also running the business side of it and getting it out there to people, I I think there's a lot of opportunity for artists in this field. Excellent. What do you do for fun? Uh, I shoot guns. (laughs) (laughs) Should have known that. (laughs) I shoot a lot of skeet and sporting clays. Uh um, And I also ride horses a lot. So yeah, those are kind of my outlets. A little bit of snorkeling here and there being in Florida and fishing. Excellent. So what haven't we talked about that folks ought to know about whether it's your business at Melissa M Studios or engraving in general? Um, I I didn't go into a lot of the process yet of engraving and cutting the steel. So I can kind of walk through a little bit of that. Get some visual aids going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, So this is a shotgun that I'm working on. So that is, um, this is silver inlay up here. And then this is the landscape. So that will end up becoming a landscape and the gold in it is actually variegated gold. So I used eight different carats of gold to create a sunset gradient oh, and wow. some clouds. Uh-huh. So once it's finished and detailed, it'll have a lot of depth to it and really look like a sunset. But to do that, you have to carve away all the metal that the gold's in and create mm-hmm. little Velcro stickers, little burrs, and then hammer the gold in, flush it down solid, make sure you don't have any burrs sticking up through it. Mm-hmm. So it's really all about cutting away the metal and making it look good. I um, like that analogy, the Velcro. Yeah, it 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 resonates with people, right? You've yep. all seen that. <laughs> um, different tools. These are the gravers, they're called. Um, different cuts and angles create different lines and different effects as far as visually if you want a really shiny beveled cut something that's going to glisten and sparkle at you there's different geometries you can cut your tool at before you start cutting the steel so um the processes are are pretty in-depth and there's a lot of really interesting cool things that you can do to create different effects in the metal based on how the light's going to reflect off of it amazing stuff thanks Okay, so folks, where do they find you if they're interested in your work? You can find me at melissamstudios.com or melissamstudio on Instagram, melissamstudios on Facebook. Um, If you Google Melissa McMinn Engraver, it'll all eventually come up, but those are the best places to find me. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Melissa, thanks so much. This has been an education. Thanks so uh, much, Jim. Yeah, it's amazing stuff that you do. Keep up the great work. Happy to share it with everyone. Thanks for having me. Yes, and thanks to all of you for tuning in to Manufacturing Talks. Join us every Tuesday for new episodes. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to Manufacturing Talks with Jim Vanosky. Watch for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe.